0: But of course the huge flaw here is most clients, certainly almost every client I've ever worked with, isn't quite sure. They're coming to someone to build a tangible visual brand because they're not quite sure and something they're doing now isn't quite working. So the process of figuring out what the brand should be is like one of the most critical pieces and that is a place where designers are typically not equipped, especially when it comes to stepping outside of number two and number three I'm about to talk about. Welcome back to the Joy Color Impact in Dogs podcast. Nice to see ya. The topic we've got today is a tiny bit controversial. (laughs) Gonna be pissing off some designers out there. Because we are talking about how long a rebrand should actually take and whether or not it can actually be easy. And spoiler alert, not gonna drag this one out. (laughs) My opinion is that a rebrand can actually be quick and easy. But I know that's not most people's experience. So let's have a look at why. Why does this process feel so painful? Why does it take so long? Why does it inevitably often lead to so much disappointment? Because as someone who does branding, who handles a lot of rebrands, who has hired and implemented several of my own for myself and lots of my clients, I can tell you this process is typically fraught with disappointment and delay. And that's just true across the board at every level, at every budget, you know, whether you're spending 500 bucks or 50,000, like (laughs) it always seems to be more complicated than it needs to be. So... If you're not a designer, what I'm about to tell you is probably gonna surprise you, and it's this. When you're in art school, when you go to design school, in most cases, and I hope this has changed, it probably has, and certainly with online education now, I hope this has changed, (laughs) but no one ever really teaches you the proper process for building a brand. Okay, so in most cases, Designers are not getting taught how to lead a client through a branding process, in higher level of education anyway. So, you know, there's project planning that we learn. there's your first job, internship, mentor, indoctrinates you into their way of doing it. But for most designers, and this was certainly true for me, no one ever teaches you the science or the logic of how to develop a visual brand, what should come first and why, How to present it in a way that won't overwhelm your client. So that means that pretty much everyone just does what's always been done. Maybe they do get a quick tutorial, maybe they just copy what everyone else is doing, maybe they just go work at an agency and then they do it the way the agency does it or do it the way the small design house does it. I mean somehow it all ends up that pretty much every solo designer or small design house does some version of a mood board, a lengthy and cumbersome questionnaire or four where you have to answer key strategic questions that you have no idea how to answer. (laughs) And then the first step for pretty much everybody is a logo, some sketches, some comps, some options, and then black and white logos, round one, round two, round three. This is what I did in the beginning. We do it with black and white in the beginning so that the color doesn't distract the client. So if you do a version in pink and one in green, they don't just pick the green one because they don't like pink. So the idea is to simplify it so it's easy to determine the pieces and parts that the client likes and doesn't like. But let me just break it down to five huge flaws that happen in a normal rebrand process, okay? in the scenario that I basically just described. So 99% of the time and hallelujah to the designers out there who do not do it this way, but pretty much all of us do because that's what is done. Okay. The five huge flaws with all of this. The first one is this is the biggest one that I see that leads to the poorest results strategy. Not all designers are strategists. Not all designers who are, you know, quite clever and have really cool ideas and can, you know, do a lot of real cool stuff with like symbolism, not all of them understand business or what your business needs to do or how your clients need to react. Now, a lot of designers do. There's a lot of brand strategists who are designers and vice versa, so I'm not saying designers are stupid. Like that's not at all what I'm saying. I was a great strategist when I was doing design. And we have typically a really good eye for how things need to be, i.e. if you're going to be premium or if you want the business to feel fun. But with those lengthy questionnaires I mentioned, with that early intake with our clients, we put all of the ownership on you typically to know what you want. You need to tell us who your ideal client is. You need to tell us you know exactly what you want the brand to feel like. You need to give us all the information and the, we create the thing to meet the criteria that you've given us. But of course, the huge flaw here is most clients, certainly almost every client I've ever worked with, isn't quite sure. They're coming to someone to build a tangible visual brand because they're not quite sure and something they're doing now isn't quite working. So the process of figuring out what the brand should be is like one of the most critical pieces, and that is a place where designers are typically not equipped, especially when it comes to stepping outside of number two and number three I'm about to talk about, in order to have a very predictable outcome, a predictable results, and to create predictable behavior with the ideal client. Now some of this, designers will know instinctively, You know, most of us can figure out that if you do a a brand that's like black and white and clean and modern, it's going to feel pretty aspirational and higher end. Okay, that is good instincts that most of us would be able to get to. But that's not right for every brand and it's not right for every premium brand. So if that's the only tool we have in the toolbox, we're going to let our clients down. So the first piece, this strategy piece, this is the first huge flaw that most designers are not equipped to properly lead their client through the strategic process to create more predictable outcomes, more predictable behavior, i.e. more sales, more conversions, more desire, all the things a brand is supposed to do strategically. Not by chance, not by just instinct, but with a very clear process, with very clear results. Okay, the second one is oversimplification. This one is really hard because you'll see if you've ever seen any memes, like insider graphic designer memes, there's a whole bunch of jokes about how clients want something to be like cold but warm, you know, like big but small. The joke, of course, is that A, this goes back to number one, clients don't always know what they want and and it's our job to figure that out for them, but two... Designers are always looking to oversimplify something so the brief is clear. They want a clear brief. They want to make the client happy. They want to get the job done. They want it to be correct. And there's not a whole lot of room for tension between opposites for this kind of what my mom would call the both and, right? What if you want to be aspirational and approachable, right? Like the the process typically makes you pick one. And this is a huge problem because A, it leads to dissatisfaction with the client, B, it leads to creating stereotypes instead of nuanced, complex brands and storytelling, and three, it creates homogeneity among businesses and brands, so they start to kind of all look the same because there isn't a formula, there isn't a path to holding that tension and being able to be approachable and aspirational and have a really clear way to do that. The job of most designers is to eliminate any of that ambiguity so that you can have a clear impact. And this is a problem again, because if we go back to number one and you don't know what you want, but you know you're all of these things and all of these things are complicated, (laughs) you're going to find the process of working with this person challenging because they're going to fundamentally definitely want to eliminate parts of you that you feel are very important and they're important to your clients and they're important to how you deliver what you do and why people choose you. And they're a really important part of being able to master your differentiation, what makes you different than your competitors. So this is a big problem. Okay, number three is bias. Now, there's no way to avoid this if you're working with a human designer, right? We all have conscious and unconscious bias. We all have preferences. We all have a style. And what we know is that actually there are four personality types, which have a strong correlation with design and color choices. And your designer is going to be in, you know, one... Pretty strongly in one or kind of havey in two of those personality types. And that's how they're gonna design. That's what they're gonna prefer. That's what they're gonna think is good and correct and right because that is who they are and how they're wired. It may or may not be a good fit for you. Now, if you've looked at their portfolio and their portfolio is consistent, which it often isn't because designers are doing all kinds of different projects and they wanna show variety in their portfolio, you might not be able to pick up this bias. You might not notice it, but I bet moving forward after you've heard this podcast, you will, because you'll see some portfolios are very, very minimal. Some are very, very feminine or romantic. Some are very, very busy and layered and and loud and and flamboyant, right? Because there is going to be a style, but that style is driven not only by their experiences, but by their fundamental psychological inbuilt personality type, which is especially going to drive their preferences for things like color how warm or cold something appears, how much busyness or minimalism they can stand. And those have an impact on you. Your brand should not rely on the bias of a designer. One thing that happens all the time, and this happened, so I hired a designer about 10 years ago to do a rebrand for me, and I loved it. I was really happy, I love this designer, I love their team, they did a brilliant job. But they did something that I laugh about now because A, I've done it, and B, I've talked to people about it for years since, and they all do it too, or have had it done. The designer picked a photo that she really liked from my lifestyle photos of me, and the brand then, the color palette then, became based on this photo, so that the photo could be the hero on the website. So there's a problem here, (laughs) right? So she got inspiration from this photo, which is great, but because she liked it, because it felt right to her for what I was describing. And then she probably literally eyedroppered colors, i.e. grabbed colors from that photo. There was a pink, there was a turquoise, there was a black, there was... And when I got the final palette back, I was like, ooh, we definitely need to add a this color and this color, I think a yellow and something else because it, it wasn't quite hitting the right notes. And this was before I was certified as a color consultant. So I was just running on my instincts as well. But I just, I knew there was something about it that wasn't right, and, and part of what I discovered later is that that photo was an outlier for A, photos of me, and B, what I want my brand to feel like. And so much of my brand then came down to what was in the background of that photo, which happened to be graffiti, and what I happened to be wearing that day. A turquoise necklace, a cr- ivory sweater, those things got pulled into the brand. And this happens all the time because A, we need images that match our branding. And that was a really handy dandy way to just get that done. We should be creating images after we do the branding, by the way, not the other way around. <laughs> but this is this is what happens when we have bias and when we are making decisions that aren't strategic, that so much of the success of your business that relies on your visual branding then comes down to just the choices this one person or this small team is making about what is right for you. And let me tell you, a good designer can justify just about every design choice. (laughs) Whether or not it's right for you, there's always a reason that it seems right to them. And it may be true and it may not be true. So the bias inherent in designers is a really big problem. Okay, fourth one, cohesion. Now, one of the words that gets used a lot when people come to me is the word cohesive. Everybody wants a cohesive brand and very, very few people have it out of the gate. They end up investing and creating it later on. But one of the things that happens on a lot of design projects for businesses of all sizes is that oftentimes you have a designer, you have a photographer, you have a copywriter at a minimum in these small projects, okay? And what happens when these three people are separately entrusted to do their job is you lose a lot of that cohesion the copywriter has their own ideas about how the brand should feel the designer has their ideas and the photographer has their ideas and if there isn't something overarching some sort of umbrella strategy brand guidelines some sort of very very clear path then these People are going to create something a little bit different, each of them. And when it comes together, it's not quite going to gel the way that you would want it to, because everyone's kind of putting their own stamp on it. So one of the places I've seen this is where there's like a brand on the website and maybe a copywriter, and then there's someone handling the social media. And then maybe the founder is a separate. So you have these different entities with different personality types again, and they're all doing their own thing following what they think should be the brief. So for example, I did a little um, video about this on my Facebook, I think it was like last year, but there's a great, wonderful candle company called Neom. Neom, I don't know how to say it. I think it's Neom, (laughs) N-E-O-M, Neom, is that right? Someone correct me. (laughs) Anyway the candles come in clear glass jars and they're usually white and they have a black and white label so they look quite starshine they're quite upscale aspirational beautiful they use lovely lovely essential oils they're fabulous now they recently well i don't know how recently but at one point they sent me this sort of catalog which was like a newspaper folded up highlighting parts of the brand what they were up to and this matched what I would expect based on the packaging of the candles and what I've seen on their website, which is all quite cool and black and white and aspirational. Then I happened to jump onto their social media, which had a completely different vibe. And it was lovely, but it was very, very warm. It had a very fireside feel, meaning it was kind of warm and cozy and there was a lot of like natural wood and flesh tones and Probably more the vibe you would expect from a candle that's using essential elements, talking about well-being and sleep and happiness and all these things. So what was very, very clear when I looked at all of these things together was there were different people in charge of different aspects of this brand, and they all had, A, a different personality type, and B, a different idea of how to execute the brief they were given, A different idea of warmth a different idea of aspirational a different idea of how to bring what this brand was trying to do to life and it was totally totally not cohesive it was beautiful they were all separately beautiful in their own different ways but they had very different feelings each of them different personality types and i could see the tension between whoever was in charge Even within that sort of catalog, the newspaper thing, because there were pieces of it that were very fireside, pieces of it that were very seaside, some of it that was very starshine, it was all over the place. And that's really common. That's so common. It's more common than not that that happens because of that bias, because of that oversimplification, and because most people are not working with a roadmap using psychology or using something clear and set as a starting point so that everybody can agree on the decisions they're making and why. Okay. The last huge flaw I see with traditional rebrands and branding projects is time. Oh my God, the time. And again, all these things I'm saying, I am like, I am not throwing stones because this used to be me. I was pushing and pushing and pushing for a better way because all of these things bothered me, but they are hard to overcome in the traditional process. And the biggest one is time because these projects take time. You know, just the logo itself can take like four or five weeks as you do like the mood board and the sketches and the round one and the round two and the round three and the round four. And oh my God, you're not even in color yet. (laughs) you're still just working on the icon. Then we can get to color palette. Then we can get to fonts. Then we can get into the rest of the visual identity. And you're already at five or six weeks. And this process has to happen like this because most designers are working with more than one client at a time. And they have to be able to juggle the stages that each project is in. So they can't just spend, you know, three weeks banging through all the parts of your project. They have to do your logo and someone else's webpage and someone else's this and someone else's that to keep it all moving so they can afford to keep the lights on. Right? They can. They need to be able to keep taking new projects. And some of this stuff does take time. You cannot always rush the creative process, right? Especially if what you're trying to do the whole time is give the client something to look at so they can say whether or not they like it. If at the beginning of this, we talked about filling out that questionnaire, you're narrowing down as much as you can what you think this client wants based on the questionnaire, but it's a whole different ball game once you start showing them visuals and the first one or two rounds of that whole process with logo is just to try and nail down what this person may or may not like. And you know, it's really tricky. Most of the time, the client doesn't know until they see it. Have you had this experience? I definitely have, <laughs> but also they can decide because they like multiple things. So you end up moving multiple versions of a logo forward two or three rounds until they eventually go back to the very first one on the very first page. But they had to see more to be confident and sure that they liked that first one, because they didn't want to settle if they weren't sure. And, you know, you can be eight, 10 weeks in before you've even done any kind of conversation about something like a website or an Instagram strategy or, you know, signage or uniform or the other activations that this brand needs to go into. And nobody's got time for this. It is so tiring. It is so frustrating. It is so inefficient. (laughs) And the average brand project takes about eight to 12 weeks because of this. And the whole time you're trying to juggle this with the other things you're trying to do in your business, and you just want to get it done, and you're excited, you want to know when it's going to be done, you want to start on the rebrand, you want to get it out there, and it's it's hard. And if you're like me, and it's hard for you to focus, or if you're a bit neurodivergent, then, oh my gosh, this process is torture, because you just want to be done with it. It's so hard to focus on it for that long. So the time piece is huge. these projects and it doesn't make it better. Making the process take longer doesn't make it better. The only caveat I will say to that is if you're in the process of doing product development and or um, changing the name, those are things that often need like percolating time, right? Like there is a value of more time when you're doing big pivots, big decisions that you know, kind of alter the trajectory of your entire business, those things sometimes need, you need to sleep on those sometimes, which is why, you know, I always say like, as you go into a branding project, you wanna have your name done first. That's the very first thing. You need to know what the name is first and then you can start looking at logo and taglines and color. But if you know the name and if you kinda, you know what you're selling, There is no advantage of a branding project taking eight weeks, 12 weeks, six months. I have had clients who've come to me after having year-long rebrands that failed in the end because they couldn't decide, they couldn't get it worked out with the designer. And this is true both with doing it in-house with their own team members and hiring outside um, designers and consultants. And this is tragic This should not be happening. But it does happen because, like I said, nobody ever teaches you how to do this. There doesn't seem to be a clear other way. And, you know, there are some pretty inherent natural problems with the process because of all the things I've mentioned. Now, bringing it back down to the basics, the number one job of a new brand should be a balance of two things, in my opinion. The first thing, and the thing I'm obsessed with and very focused on, is to master the art of the first impression. So you might have heard me say, you know, you might have heard me talking about the most important eight seconds in your business. And this is your first impression moment online. You have a little bit longer in person. If you're in person, you have about 90 seconds. But if you're on a website, social, you have about seven to eight seconds to make a First impression with snap judgments from your ideal client about whether they're in or out, whether they're going to stay or bounce. That eight seconds is so critical. All those ads you're spending on, all those, <laughs> you know, all those lead generation tactics you're doing, you know, you have. That's the moment that counts the most. Are they in or they out? Are they going to keep reading? Or are they going to leave? Are they going to opt in or are they going to go? Are they going to be a view or are they going to be a conversion? And The balance of that is this mastering the art of the first impression, which is all about kind of your ideal client and helping either the founder, if you're building a personal brand or the company or your ideal client feel seen and authentically self-expressed. Because at the end of the day, what makes brands work is when they feel more human So whether it's your personality or a made-up personality or whether you're focusing on building a brand around the personality of your ideal client, there needs to be a whole bunch of human expression in this brand that people can immediately relate to, back to first impression, and it needs to be a balance. So let's take a personal brand, for example, a really powerful brand for someone who is a coach or a photographer or a copywriter and the brand is all about them, is making sure that The experience your client has when they see your website is the same as the experience they have when they meet you in real life, or they speak with you, or they engage you in services, right? We want it to feel like you. The flip side of that is for your own fulfillment, for your own joy, and honestly, to make it easy for you to wanna show up and do marketing, which I found is really hard for most people, You want the brand to feel like you. You want it to feel like the most you thing that has ever existed in the best possible way. You want it to feel like a really awesome outfit that you love putting on and you feel great in. One of my clients described this as the perfect pair of jeans, <laughs> and I love that. You want it to feel like the perfect pair of jeans. You want those jeans to make your ass look great. <laughs> you want them to be comfortable and the flip side of that is the first impression for the client. You want to grab that, you want to grab that client quickly. And we need to balance those things because not everything that is authentic to you is the most sellable or the most attractive to your client. So it's picking and choosing the pieces that allow both to happen. And for an existing brand, if you're not starting over, then there are going to be some immovable objects, right? There's going to be some elements you have brand recognition around. Maybe it's a name, maybe it's a logo, maybe a particular color that have enough you know, recognition in the marketplace, that you can't change those. So sometimes you have to start with those things and build the brand around those because they cannot change. But really, that's what you're looking at. Fundamentally, when you're building this brand, you need to master that first impression. You need you need some sort of authentic self-expression happening. And you need to keep in mind the immovable object. So for example, if you're Like one of our team members used to be the brand manager for Heinz Ketchup in the UK. (laughs) And if you're Heinz Ketchup, there are some immovable objects there because you're a brand that's been around for 150 years. And let's say like the red that you use in your logo and your logo itself, it's not changing. So if you were going to come in and do a rebrand project, you would start with those things and work around them, right? So... This is all to just draw us back to this question around how long should a brand take and can it be easy? A brand can happen almost instantaneously. How many hours does it take to do the work? (laughs) After the original key decision making, how many hours does it take to do the work? And this is why I offer a brand in a week project, which is seven days seven days start to finish for all the creative in a total rebrand, including logo, color palette, fonts, key copy, including like value proposition, all the copy for a homepage, plus a homepage design, plus full brand guidelines in seven days. So I know this can be done because I do it. (laughs) And the only way I can do it is by having a method. I call it the color brand method, but it's based on color psychology, archetypes, and other tools and fundamental frameworks that allow us to sweep out all that decision-making problem, all of that indecision problem, all of that should I, shouldn't I, is this right, is that right problem, and create a set of really clear decisions um, that kind of flow one to the next. And it takes all the pressure off of you to know what you want, because that should be the job of the person making magic for you. They should be able to look at you, look at what you want, ask very few questions and present you with something that does the job, especially if you have frameworks to work off of, especially when you know about and acknowledge and use these four personality types, because those preferences are already laid out. And we can work to them. And we can start with those as a starting point. So we don't need to do six rounds for a logo. It's unnecessary. Also, pet peeve, the logo is not the most important part. That's not what we start with. We start with strategy. We start with purpose. We start with how does this brand want to make people feel? What is this brand trying to sell? What is the price point of this brand? What do the competitors look like, sound like, feel like? What's important to you as a founder, if you are present in the brand, we start with strategy, we present that strategy, you say yes, and then it's just ticking boxes. If you want to make people feel like X, you should use this color. If you're a fireside personality type, chances are you're just going to like everything with either really organic or really sharp edges So we're not even going to bother with logos in circles or ovals or anything over here. Reverse of that, if you're a sunshine personality type, you're not going to like anything too dark or too heavy. So we're not even going to do anything in black. We're going to start with bright, fun colors. And we're going to use a lot of circles and modern fonts because this is going to cater to you. And we already know that. We don't have to try everything because we know where to start. So this is a huge advantage. If you're doing it yourself as opposed to hiring me to do it, You can do it in about four weeks. It just takes longer, right? And and that's four weeks of pretty concentrated effort (laughs) um, and quick decision-making. But when you have a framework, when you have a formula, rebranding can be fast and it can be easy. Now, the place it starts to get complicated is when you start adding a whole bunch of people into the mix. You have contractors, you need to get into their schedule, you need to get your photographer on board, you need an illustrator, you need your web developer, etc., etc. Those are uncontrollable forces, but when you have one person or a small team doing the whole thing start to finish, design, copywriting, strategy, etc., then, not to mention the scientific formula then you can have a gorgeous, effective, show-stopping, wow factor brand in seven days, okay? Including a new homepage design. Oh my gosh, how long is the last web? How long did the last web project you immerse yourself in take? Holy crap, right? Weeks and weeks and months and months and months. Okay, so I wanna know, how long did your last branding project take? Was it successful? Were you in love? And what was the cost of that time? Now, if you want to know more about having me do a brand in a week for you, just get in touch. Information in the show notes. You can find me on Instagram at Smith. You can email me at team at com. You can go take the quiz and find out what brand personality type you are so you can start there and start kind of seeing and feeling what your brand could look and feel like. Links in the show notes for all those. If you're interested in doing it yourself, if you're like, hey, I kind of am ready for a rebrand. Don't know if I need the whole brand in a week thing. Not sure if I can afford you, Nick. (laughs) Then we are gonna be launching a DIY version of this very soon, so jump on the wait list. The link to that is also in the show notes so that you can access the system and the formula. Because guys, No matter what your budget is, no matter what your business is, no matter what niche or industry you're in, nobody has time. Nobody's got the time or the energy or should really have the inclination for this stuff to take three, four, six months. Okay. And I know what I've said today is a little bit unconventional. I know it's potentially a little bit controversial I'm not criticizing how anyone else does it. I simply needed a better way, but that's part of my creator archetype. I am unconventional. I think differently. I don't like doing things the normal way, and I needed a better way for myself and to provide to my clients because I was so bored (laughs) with the original process, which is painful for everybody, including me, and this is so much more fun. I just, just today, I just sent off um, a brand in a week project, which is glorious and gorgeous for someone who had really struggled to get what they wanted and needed from other people because it required a little bit of reading through the lines. And that's the advantage of working with someone kind of intuitive is that I kind of, my clients have called me like a mind reader because I can see what you're saying, even if you can't say it and you can't show it to me we get there faster. So of course, I'd love to support you in a brand project. But even if we're not going to work together, if you want to do it yourself, if you want to hire someone else, please think about the points that I've made today. Make sure that you find someone who makes the strategy part feel easy and they have something to add to that. Or make sure it's really cheap. (laughs) Make sure you're grabbing something off creative market or somewhere where you can just take something and work with it and you're getting a really good deal. That's the flip side of that. Make sure someone's not oversimplifying you, that they're not trying to push you into a box, into a stereotype. They're not trying to make you like everybody else to make their life easier. Make sure you're aware of the bias, like places where they clearly have a style. And if that is not right for you, if that is right for you, awesome, perfect. You picked a great person for you, but be aware of where it is contradictory to what you need in order to get the results that you want. Be wary of cohesion, make sure that if you are working with a photographer, a designer, a copywriter, a web developer, that there is something holding them all together so that the output is consistent and cohesive across all of your platforms and channels, and especially, especially on somewhere like your website, that there has been so much thought put into how the copy and the design and the photography is going to integrate so you can create what we call over here, harmony. Harmony is when the conscious and unconscious cues and signals that you are putting out match. They're all in alignment. And if they're just a little bit off, it really takes a chunk out of that instant trust and affinity you're trying to build. And time. When you go into these projects, make sure you get commitment for a timeline that is something you can stomach and hold them to that timeline. And you know what you have a job to play there too you need to give quick feedback (laughs) that's something that people will often make you sign in a contract these days because they can't do their job if they can't get a hold of you and that you know of course we're busy we're running businesses we're putting out fires we're traveling so that can be challenging so make sure as you go in that whatever the timeline is that you commit to that everybody's committed to it and you hold you hold to the timeline so that you can avoid these big painful flaws and you can have a rebrand that is fantastic and quick and feels easy. All right, that's it from me today. I'll see you next time. Happy rebranding.